We're both interested in folk music, and there was a big folk music scene, uh, as there were in many colleges, and uh, we, we formed a group called the Tubadors. Two T-W-O. Badors. Because there were two of us. Yeah. That was the reasoning behind the name. Yeah. Mark was a, uh, a bass, really, Same bass, bass singer, and I was a tenor singer up there, and so we had no, no lead. Uh, no, no glue, no middle, no... no vocalist, so uh, when we when went down to New York to see what was happening in the biz, and we were playing at a place... Um, the Folk Place. At the Folk Place, which was yeah. a wonderful club at the time, and we ran into... Uh, it was the flashpoint, really. Jerry. Was. That was the hot Yeah, every, yeah. everyone... It was like a big magnet. Everyone went there, and uh, he was singing. He was backing people up. Was I was probably, I thought I was a guitar player at the time. You know, if you have enough vibrato on those uh, those nice blue Fender guitars, you can sound like a surf king. You know, but uh, I was drawn to the folk music as well, and and I wound up down at the folk place and uh, met these two guys, and I could play the guitar a little bit. I could sing kind of right in the middle there. You know, mostly mostly just sang for myself. But not a bad looking gent to boot. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That, that that didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Uh, and we, we, we ended up getting together, and it just kind of... It clicked. It clicked. And Mr. Irving Steinblum came down, and uh, he signed us to Folktown, which was uh, the label to be on. Terrific label. Later on, we were kind of moved down the, the, the food chain a bit to the Folk Tone label, which was a subsidiary. Uh, it was a decent label. They just didn't have the distribution. Well, they just didn't have. Well, they didn't have any distribution. No distribution at all. Uh, and the, the the covers were printed in two colors instead of four, mm -hmm. which I, I noticed yeah. was a. Yeah. Uh, and they had no uh, they had no hole in the center of the record, so a lot no, of no. You'd have to provide the, it yourself. The people uh, complain that you'd get this vinyl, of course, in those days, and you'd kind of up to you to kind of center it and make mm -hmm. the actual... It would teeter crazily on the little yeah. spindle until The hole, you... and that was a whole... That, well, of course, we had no control Nightmare. over that Nightmare. aspect yeah. of it, but... Uh... But they were still good records. They were, oh, good, they were good, good product. Yeah. And if you punched a hole in them, you'd have a good time. Yeah. Stephen Gedney is from Woodland, California, broadcasting live from a pre-recorded session via Carmichael, California. Are we on the Stephen Getty podcast? We are on the podcast. Same bad time, same bad Yeah, that's right. Arrive by Turkey. Oh, yeah. If you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I'm feeling you all. Stephen will definitely not work. This is your number 97 source for movies, music, comic books, geek culture, life lessons, philosophy, Stories of rock and roll, drugs, alcohol, and everything in between. Come one and come all. Enter the SGP. You're listening to the Stephen Gedney Podcast. Perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Ain't nobody got time for that. Alright, alright, thank you for joining me. This is the one, the only, the Stephen Gedney Podcast with your man Stephen Gedney. And this is episode 30, November 9th, 2015. Thank you for joining me. I can't believe it, man. 30 episodes so far. We started on 420 of this year. And we're on the 30th week in a row. In a row, bro, in a row. Yeah, man. 30 episodes, and by now I think I have figured out what this podcast is all about. I mean, it's my audio diary uh, following my life and what I like to talk about, the shit that I'm into, my hopes, my dreams, my embarrassments of the past and present, possible future, and also we touch a lot on um, current happenings in pop culture, movies, music, comic books, Life lessons, blah, blah, blah. Drugs, alcohol, blah, blah, blah. You guys know. You hear the intro every time. But now that I'm at episode 30, it's like, yeah, it's, it, I just got a, a, a groove going. And yeah, like I said, it's it's for the most part, it's, it's all about me and shit. And I mean, how much can a guy really talk about himself? Why would you want to listen to what I'm talking about unless you're curious? And so, I, you know, it's 30 years old. Um, I'm 30 years old. Hey, 30th episode, too. Um, I'm 30 years old, married. Don't have a lot of time uh, to hang out with friends anymore. 
And that's just what happens when you get to my age, especially because all my friends, they live about 40 minutes away. They have their own lives. We all have different schedules. Um, but I was in a band. I played music. I still do to this day. I love writing and recording it. Uh, it's my bread and butter, uh, even more so than this podcast. And um, yeah, this episode is basically going to be all about music that uh, I just released. But before we get into that, I'll just to catch you up on uh, what's been happening in my world. And as you guys know, I'm Northern California. Uh, it's just starting raining and starting to get cold finally. Uh, October was really hot, even though uh, summer officially ended. <laughs> Uh, but it was still fucking hot all the way up till the 31st. And then November 1st comes around and it's starting to get cold. And now that we're uh, more than a week into the month and we have a Friday the 13th coming up this week. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot colder now. We haven't experienced a lot of wind and, and shit like that. But um, rain and definitely some low temperatures and a little bit of humidity. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been nice. I really enjoy the winter. Um, my wife, Elisa, and I, we went out, did some shopping. We got our annual Christmas ornament this year because every year that we've been together since 2012, we've got ourselves a Christmas ornament to put up on the tree. It has the year that we purchased so ornament. So, I, and I don't remember all of them. I know that the first one is the Grinch. It says Merry Grinchmas 2012. And that was on our tiny little uh, uh, miniature Christmas tree that we got from Target. Uh, purple, metallic, uh, I don't know what you call that shit. Like icicle, tinsel, tinsel tree, I guess. A tinsel tree. And uh, then there was 2013 and 2014. And I know one of them is like a fat, round penguin with a Christmas hat on. I don't know the other one. I can't remember. But this one that we decided on, we got from Macy's because we had a gift card that we got at the wedding from some awesome person for Macy's. And what are you going to buy with 25 bucks at Macy's? Really? Some socks? Well, we got ourselves a Christmas ornament. And it's pretty cool. It's like a... a looks like it's off of a big tree branch or a tree, uh, just a, a rounded piece of wood and it had Merry Christmas in the year on it and painted black so good stuff man and just checking out uh the pre-Black Friday Christmas madness walking around the Roseville Galleria Mall uh they got the tree up they got Santa already I'm ready to start decorating and getting into the uh the spirit a little bit early because uh, I love the holidays as I've said many times in the past Woo! Drinking myself uh, my second Apocalypse IPA of the night. And it's tasting very good so far. So I think I'll keep drinking it. Um, other than shopping, you know, just the regular old couple stuff that you do when you don't have kids. Mostly shopping and eating at restaurants. Uh, I got a new video game for the PS4. Finally picked up Batman Arkham Knight. The last and final installment of the Batman Arkham series, starting all the way back in, I believe, 2009 with Arkham Asylum, and then the glorious, wonderful, brilliant Batman sequel, Arkham City, which I got for the PS3 a couple years ago. One of the greatest games I've ever played in my life. Now, just picture this. It's like Grand Theft Auto, but with Batman and Batman uh, characters. Then after that, uh, picked up uh, the second one, uh, or the third one, whatever. The second one for me, the third one in the series, Batman Arkham Origins, which is basically the Arkham City game, but... Uh, the designers went over a lot of the stuff and turned it into a prequel, added some new things and new enemies. But essentially, it was the same game, just redone. And it didn't get as great of reviews as the uh, the game that came before it, Arkham City. Needless to say, they were both fun. This Arkham Knight game has been in the works for a long time. It was supposed to come out sometime in 2014. It didn't show up till. Almost a, a year later in 2015. It's been out for four or five months now. Finally got a copy of it. 
because we just got a PS4 a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was a used copy. It ended up being 43 bucks as opposed to the 50 or 60 bucks you would pay if you went to Walmart or Target. So I've been way into that game recently. Uh, it's fun, man. It's really fun. I, I love Batman. I love just open world games like that in the GTA and whatever where you could just run around and do what you want and follow the story and I'll follow the story. And I've been very immersed uh and speaking of Batman, been watching a lot of Gotham. Finally finished uh, season one, which is on Netflix right now. And I gotta say that show, it started out pretty cheesy. And then right around episode 15 or 16, it really piqued my interest. And, and I got back into it uh, after not watching it for about a year. I dropped off at around episode 11 or 12. And yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed how it ended. And then I started... Uh, the new season, uh, season two, and uh, Hulu, which we have, Hulu Plus, it only keeps the last five episodes, and then once the next one comes out, then the first one drops off. So by the time episode six aired, they took away episode one. So we're on seven now currently with the rest of the world, uh, but I wasn't able to watch one and two, so I had to purchase those on Amazon. No big deal. $1.99 each and uh, watched those and watched uh, two more episodes so three more and I'll be caught up with everybody else the general public and yeah I like the way the season is going so far there's well there's stuff about it I like and don't like I was a pretty big fan of the look of the first season it was very dark um, just the mood in general the colors were muted and now I noticed with this season two it's a lot brighter and uh i don't know i mean uh, in some ways it's just a little bit more cartoony but i think with uh just like last season as it goes on and i'm more immersed in the storyline i will accept it more uh yeah i'm so far so good uh gotham's good still watching all the other current uh, shows like american horror story hotel the Walking Dead, I haven't watched the newest episode, but last week was a 90-minute, and it was pretty good. Uh, Fargo, uh, Fargo wasn't that eventful, but still, um, great TV, man. I haven't really watched any movies. It's it's all TV shows, and need to watch Hemlock Grove, which finally came back uh, last month, and also Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is on the Stars Network, but I believe if you go to stars official website i don't know stars.com or something uh you could watch the very first episode for free which is directed by sam ramey who directed the original evil dead films bruce campbell's in it and uh i hear it is fucking awesome i can't wait and yeah that that's about it uh all the shit that i've been up to but this last friday uh i released my first ep the first set of recordings since 2013, maybe, late 2013. And uh, yeah, it's uh, so far a lot of love and support from a lot of people out there. And uh, I'm very happy. I'm happy with what I accomplished. Um, I'll give you a little bit of backstory on it as soon as I take a drink of my IPA here. Woo! It's bitter time. So, as you guys know, I played in a band. I played in a lot of bands uh, for the, the the whole 2000s. From 2000 to 2010, I was in three or four different bands. Most of them with the same people, give or take one or two members. But it was like every time a, a member changed, we changed our band name. But there's, you know, shit from... Purple Cheese and Drive-By Turkey, Gifted Allies, Laid to Rest, and Same Time. And Same Time was probably the most successful band the last four years of the last decade, 2006 to 2010. We played all over Woodland, California, Sacramento. Uh, didn't really branch out much from there, Vacaville, but all this, this whole area, basically. Um, but we recorded a lot of stuff. I have many, many videotapes of uh, practices and performances that 
I hope to access one day. And speaking of videotapes, also I've been watching a lot of old stuff from uh, uh, tapes that belong to my buddy JK, who played drums in a lot of my bands and one of my best friends. And it's funny to see that. We made a lot of funny little videos when we were in high school and uh, may or may not see the light of day publicly, but I am... uh, in the process of copying them for my own personal uh, enjoyment. And uh, some of the bands, too, that we were in never officially recorded, but I want to take the audio off of the VHS tapes and maybe put them out there, kind of remaster them. But uh, getting back to what I was saying, I was in the band same time, and our last show was in March of 2010. And at that time, we just, I don't know, I think we really just needed a break, but um, I just decided to leave the band. They decided to continue. It is what it is. It was kind of shitty for a while, but we all became better friends for it. And uh, in the end, I think it was the right choice, you know. You don't know what you got till it's gone, as uh, Cinderella once said back in the 80s. Cinderella the metal band. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and before I left the band, I had got this, uh, recorder, um, I believe it was from the, uh, the company Tascam, or Tascam, it was an eight-track digital recorder where you could plug in, you know, four, eight different microphones at once and record your shit, mix it up, burn it on a CD, put the CD in, whatever. We tried to use it a few times, but, uh, it wasn't. It's was really hard to record a, a a whole band with that kind of stuff. But uh, for home recordings, it wasn't too bad. And I made a lot of songs. And uh, at the time, I tried to put out a couple EPs, but I wasn't happy with my voice and my my vocals, singing voice at all. So I had put out a, a few instrumentals, and then the band broke up, and I continued just making music on my own. Uh, from 2010 to 2011, and uh, yeah, no one really heard them, you know, maybe a few people here and there, but uh, yeah, um, looking back on it right around uh, 2012, when I lived in in an apartment by myself in Midtown Sacramento, I deleted most of that stuff off the internet. I still have copies of it, but uh, I was just trying to move on, you know. I think a lot of it was I was writing songs as an artist, trying to develop my own style because I had been associated as a guitarist for so long, or a bass player, for certain genres of music. And I thought, hey, I really want to try doing this stuff on my own. Um, try to do different things that maybe other band members might not be into or might not have uh even thought of because of the style of music that I was into. Styles. But I really respected people like Neil Young and and Frank Zappa and then later uh, Tom Waits, who are all, you know, these uh, very uh, iconoclast individuals, these, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for right now? Um... I wish I had it in front of me because it would make more sense. But very unique uh, individual um, styles to their personalities. Like, you know that uh, a Neil Young song could be this grungy, loose rock song. Or it could be this really tight, clean, acoustic country song. Or Tom Waits, you know, he could do an old school, like, 1940s blues number and then also get on the piano and do a really jazzy almost uh broadway type uh uh ballad so you know like you said i i really uh like these individuals that they had a lot of creative control over their entire musical uh art uh they would get other people to play on it but ultimately they were the dictators and I, ne- I never wanted to do that in the bands that I was in, but um, just, you know, have something on the side. Uh, try different styles that I had never played before. So, um, yeah, 2012, uh, I was living in the apartment and met Elisa and 
wrote a few songs, never really put a lot, uh, never put anything online. And then in 2013, when uh, we lived in El Dorado Hills, I did a four-song EP that I recorded. But uh, there was only two songs that I ended up doing vocals on. And the other two, I just, nah, didn't, I couldn't do it. I don't know. I just, at the time, I still uh, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with my voice that maybe the songs I wrote just didn't suit my voice. I don't know. But I did put two online. I had little EPs up on Bandcamp. And uh, who knows? Who knows what I was thinking? But uh, in 2014, when we lived in Rancho Cordova, I decided to rearrange a lot of the songs I had put online, I, I took some off, I put some new ones on, and they weren't new, new, but new to the public, and created uh, two two CDs that uh, represented uh, all my work that I had put in for the last, you know, four, four or five years. Um, one was all the my favorite songs that I had vocals on, all different recordings, uh, from different years and then the other cd was all the best instrumentals songs that i just didn't really i couldn't sing i couldn't come up with good melodies or lyrics at the time so i had two different collections and i called them home recordings volume one and two and you can listen to them now if you go on my Bandcamp site and there's some really really interesting stuff on there but also in uh 2014 or maybe, yeah, 2014, I uh, I started recording what I thought was going to be an album. Um, we had just got our dog, Phoenix. She was kind of a handful. But anytime I had extra time, I'd go in the bedroom and just record some shit. And at the time, she also wasn't a big barker. <laughs> so that wasn't too bad. But, uh, and I've told this story before. At some point, my... Um, computer just totally messed up i it could have just been me but all of the songs that i had been working on at the time got deleted and there was no bass tracks but it was drum tracks guitar tracks stuff that i put a lot of effort into and i there was no way to recover it no way to get it back i was very upset about it and that's when i started doing the Gednetronics project which was more uh just like at work and stuff i would go on my lunch, go on my break, and just start messing around with the keyboard and some loops. And then later when I uh, had more of a, a basic song idea, I would throw on some electric guitar, some more keyboard stuff. Um, and I created the uh, Gednetronics album, Outer Space in the Afterlife, and it was all instrumental because at the same time I also just uh, still wasn't ready to do a whole vocal album I, I you know and and to this day I probably still am not a hundred percent ready but finally it brings us to uh, the beginning of this year 2015 and we're in our our new duplex out in Carmichael I have my own room the houses all my geek stuff my comic books uh, DVDs posters and music equipment and I got my amps and my microphones and everything could stay set up. I don't really have to tear it down every single time. And that was one of the big issues I had living in Rancho in our small little apartment. Because I don't want the dog ruining my stuff. So uh, I started this album a little bit in uh, the beginning of this year, 2015. Um, at the same time, I was recording a guy I work with, uh, Nick Gomez. I went to my cousin Alan's house, Alan Lopes, and recorded some stuff with him. And not saying that I was doing music with them, but I was sort of like, I don't know, acting like a producer. And that's when I came up with this whole idea for rural suburban. And um, I thought like, hey, man, this is here's an idea. I'm interested in music, but I'm also interested in films. And I have a lot of friends who do this kind of stuff. And I, I kind of want to create, I don't know, something like, Similar to like a record label, but uh, also with films, like an entertainment 
company, but it's not a company because I don't plan on trying to make a bunch of money and sell stuff. It's more like, hey, we're all connected by this one way or another. And if you like me, you might like JP. If you like JP, you might like Alan, all this stuff. But uh, the rural-suburban idea initially, uh, uh, I guess I was just trying to do too much at once. I was trying to work on my own music and then also record some other people. And um, I just I kind of scaled back and, and, and started to rethink it. And uh, yeah, because it's just really, really hard to uh, record another person. Uh, because that's you have to f- put all your focus on that man like and if I'm a creative individual myself it kind of takes away from my own ambitions so I put those things on hiatus I don't know if I'll ever bring them back uh, it would be cool but it'd have to be the right situation so I put the focus like I said on on my own stuff and just continued to record music and uh, yeah, guitars and, and bass and drums and keyboards and uh, I had about six or seven songs and at one point I was going through a bunch of old CDs because I have a huge collection of CDs and burned CDs from over the years and uh, yeah, I I, uh, I discovered some instrumental versions of songs that I had previously put out on the internet. I didn't know they even existed. I thought the only versions I had were ones that I already did vocals on and that was it. But I had these instrumental versions and I was like, you know, some of these are really great songs. Like, they deserve to be heard. You know, let me give a get a second crack at uh trying to put vocals on them and you know it there was a very sharp contrast between what i was doing this year with recording and what i did you know from 2010 and 2011 so somewhere the idea was to um come up with two separate EPs. One was going to be more of the older stuff, the more mellower stuff, because that kind of every track that I had decided to revive kind of had certain things in common. And then the new stuff that I was doing, uh, that would be grouped together as well. So these two different styles, uh, two different EPs. So the first one is Lonely Northern California Nights, and the second one is Metaphysical. Now, Metaphysical, I still have one song to do vocals on. It's a total of six tracks, and it is very heavy. Um, Not like super metal or anything like that, but just definitely influenced by a lot of 90s rock, heavy rock. Um, That kind of thing, grunge, whatever. And then the one that... I just released this Friday. It's five tracks, and it's called Lonely Northern California Nights. And uh, I came up with the title uh, because the whole thing definitely has a 70s rock, singer-songwriter, almost country-type vibe. Uh, After hearing the songs over and over again, I definitely can hear a big Neil Young influence. And uh, I discovered Neil... (laughs) Back in 07, kind of right around the end of a really bad breakup, I got the Live at Massey Hall CD because I'd heard a few of his songs. I've heard some covers of his songs. And that CD, that live performance blew me away and changed everything that I was thinking about at that time as far as approaching music and approaching guitar and uh, realizing that if I was going to play solo one day, this would be what I want to do. And so uh, you get into like Neil Young's catalog. He's got, like I said before, some grungy rock songs, uh, country, uh, very country stuff, uh, acoustic ballads, and uh, just some long, slow uh, guitar jams that are may or may not be stoned <laughs> influences. Uh, uh, influenced by being high on something, but uh, uh, yeah, some really cool guitar jams. So 
uh, yeah, what I'm going to do with this episode is uh, I'm going to play the whole EP for you, uh, tracks one through five, and then give you just a little bit of commentary on on the album, on the EP, uh, what I was thinking, what uh, what what I feel like the song is about, what uh, musical influence each song comes from, and uh, yeah, that, that's it, man. I, I this is a I was really proud of this, and out of the five songs, four of them were all old old songs, uh, stuff that was recorded in like 2010 and. It's really nice to bring them back and feel like a sense of completion uh, to say like, hey, even though I wasn't ready to properly put this stuff out with my voice on it, um, here it is now. And it's kind of closing the the chapter on that book. (laughs) And then track five is a brand new recording from this year, but it's very similar in musical style. And uh, lyrically, I feel like it it definitely fits in the same realm, and uh, it's uh, also also like a um, kind of a commentary on what I was feeling at that time. Like the first four songs, uh, I almost feel like the uh, the lyrics emote um, my my heart and my brain. Uh, where I was at in my life uh, in that time period when the music was recorded. And track five is is sort of looking back uh, as a reaction to those first four songs. So it all comes together. And then once I finish the second EP, it's all moving forward. And uh, it's all going to talk about 2015. So without further ado, I would like to debut, well, it's already online. You can hear it now, ruralsuburban.bandcamp.com. But here's the the first track, and uh, it's called uh, Forget How to Dream. So check it out, and we'll be right back. Shall pass 
Nice. Yeah, man. Like, I remember writing that song. I was actually still in same time. And uh, just something I was making up on my own. Uh, first first time, I guess, I really had a cool melody that I enjoyed. And um, the original song kind of had a... Uh, uh, the lyrics were much different. They were inspired a little bit by a show I watched, Sons of Anarchy. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, the original version of this song, uh, I always thought it could be better. I thought the music was great. I mean, if you listen to it, there's some Neil Young, there's some Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac in there, some really just uh, uh, strong but simple bluesy uh, solos. I think I used my Line 6 Spider Amp in that recording, and I've had that thing since 2002. And uh, not the greatest amp in the world, but it uh, gets the job done for certain things. So, yeah, then that's that was a good one. The, the lyrics itself, you know, touches on just how I was feeling and uh, how I am an atheist. I don't really believe in God, and I don't uh, agree with a lot of people's view how they think God is the reason for a lot of their uh, their strengths. And for a lot of their accomplishments. And it's like, man, and, and, you know, to each their own, if you're religious, then I don't mean any disrespect, but it's like, you did that. Nobody gave you the strength uh, to get something done. That was you, man. And uh, you should be proud of yourself and be happy, like, that uh, you could do that. So let's move on to another song which uh, also I wrote a long time ago, and I really enjoy the recording. I feel like the bass could be a little bit louder, but you do what you can. So this one is called Country Rain.
yeah, my own country, rain. And uh, why is it called that? Well, because it's kind of country. And in the chorus, I talk about rain. So, uh, as I can uh, recall, that one is definitely another Neil Young-influenced song. Way more so than the first track. I mean, I could definitely hear that Neil Young uh, harvest or comes a time uh, era in there with the the pattern with the C chord and the, the hammer on and hammer off and really strong chord progression, really strong chorus. Um, very simple to play on guitar, but I feel like, man, that's that's a that's a really good pop song, and I, I'm very surprised. I I can't think of any songs right now that use that particular chord progression but uh the lyrics were very simple it was one of the first ones that i did vocals on and i thought it came out pretty good and that piano at the end is very funny because uh i mean not like i'm a very great piano player now but at the time i i didn't know anything other than sort of the basic notes on uh, where certain chords were uh, where I can match up notes on a keyboard to notes on a guitar. And so it's it's random. I just kind of played random shit. And, uh, and that's how it was. And I looped it and it came out awesome. And also uh, one of the first uses of uh, slide, slide guitar in there. Uh, and yeah, like it was a great recording, man. I, I can't, I can't say enough about it. And, uh, and I'm glad that uh, it's finally out there for people to hear and, uh, that song along with the first song along with the next two I did all the instruments on myself I wrote all of them myself and so let's just uh, keep it going and the next song is is a happy type song but uh, with some kind of dark lyrics and it is called The Stalker so enjoy Change your identity 
Awesome, man. That was a very interesting track. Uh, it kind of mixes a few different uh, genres, I believe, at least in my opinion. Uh, the first thing I could tell you is I originally wrote the main melody, the main chords, with a finger-picking pattern. Um, I was way into the Beatles when I was younger, uh, around 18 or 19, and that carried on for a few years. And I still love the Beatles. I just don't listen to them that much, but... Uh, I can I can hear a little bit of uh, I've Just Seen a Face, a uh, famous Beatles song, and I can also hear uh, the guitar chords uh, that I used to pick, and then they became uh, uh, strumming because I think at the time I just got so frustrated. I was like, I need to record this. I don't fucking care whether it's finger-picked or not. And then uh, when you go into the chorus, it's a total different vibe. It goes from like... Uh, this country uh, jamboree type thing into a laid back almost like a uh, a beach type just jam uh, reminiscent of say like a Jimmy Buffett or Sublime and uh, nice nice contrast between the two as well and uh, you hear two different slide guitars during the verses uh, the first one is your basic uh, electric part but then there's a a another part that's on the uh, acoustic and so there's this whole call and response thing where on one side you hear this one slide part and then on the other side you hear a a response to it and that whole thing uh and i uh, i mean i haven't really watched the movie in a while but it's very to me it just brings me back to like back to the future part three you know the western (laughs) back to the future movie and uh, like I said, it's probably not even close to the music in that movie. But that's what it makes me think of. And I kind of go off of feeling sometimes. And, uh, lyrically, I, I I don't know. I took it that way. I just, I really like the, the line where I said, I'll be there in your dreams. And uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. And, and how would that work? And I built the song around that. And that was it, man. The stalker. And that was the third song from way back in the day and let's move it on to another one and this is this next song I went through so many different versions of it I have a computer still from 2005 that probably has a recording of this song that uh one day I'm going to try to get off that hard drive because I, I haven't given up on it I'm not going to throw the computer away it doesn't work but I know I can get the data off the hard drive uh, regardless, this is a song called Clean Up Your Act, and uh, I've used this particular line in a same time song, Clean Up Your Act or You Won't Come Back. I believe it was in a song that we did called The Fun Stopper, but I, I took it into another thing, and it was, uh, this song has a little bit of, uh, I don't know, Queens of the Stone Age, a little bit of The Doors, a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't know, Tom Petty, I guess. Like it's it's fast, folky, uh, but there's some harmonica in there. And originally that harmonica wasn't going to be there. I was going to sing uh, Clean Up Your Act, but uh, I just couldn't get it right. It, it couldn't sound the way I wanted it to sound. And the harmonica I thought was a really cool addition. Uh, I don't really over, I try not to overuse these, uh, what do you call them, uh, gimmick instruments, you know whether it be the the slide guitar, the kazoo, the ebo, whatever. Um, I try to use them sporadically. And then the the end solo, uh, the the yeah, the very end of this song, there's a solo that uh, it, it's really Kurt Cobain Nirvana sounding, but I also hear some Neil Young in there. Uh, like a, a what's that song, the uh, better than Burna? Better to burn out than to fade away. What's that song called? Um, hey, hey, my, my. It's kind of got like that similar type solo. And uh, the way I recorded it, man, that, that electric guitar was way too loud. But I I appreciate the recording. And uh, the vocals came out pretty good. So here you go. Here's track four off of Lonely Northern California Nights. <laughs> Oh, 
Clean Up Your Act, track four, the last of the older tracks that I brought back and put new vocals on. And um, yeah, man, it's it's been awesome. I, I really, I'm glad that those songs are, are out there now and a good starting point for um, figuring out who I am as a singer and lyricist. I know who I am as a musician. I know my my guitar style. I can play metal, hardcore, punk, uh, rock, blues, whatever. Like I, I I figured out myself as a guitarist, and and these two albums uh, really helped me figure out myself as a lyricist and a vocalist. And I mean, I've written lyrics forever, but uh, this taught me how to sing. And and with both of these albums, I mean. I am so happy with how they've come out. The only thing that I can criticize is is my vocals, my voice. But uh, that I think that's how it is. And, and the only way I'm going to become a better singer is if I keep writing new songs and uh, recording them. And then I'll be happier with the way I sound. But other than that, uh, the songwriting and the orchestration... The instrumentation, the production, uh, I think it's just freaking awesome for, for doing it by myself. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait to finish the next EP, Metaphysical. I only got one more song, like I said, and, and it's it's a lot heavier. And, and um, I'm going to do another episode of the podcast like this when I get it done. Uh, I don't expect that to be in the next week or two, but definitely before the end of the year and by the time 2016 hits, which is only like less than two months away, then it's going to be a clean slate. And I have lots of ideas and, and finally maybe returning to playing live again uh, with both of these EPs. I, I have a few select songs that I think I could perform acoustic or solo, which would uh, uh, sound pretty good, which would... Uh, you know, definitely, definitely be great versions, but uh, not enough to justify playing a whole set out there. And so I'm, I'm working on building a set uh, of, you know, eight to ten songs that I can, I can jam for a while and play for people and be happy with. Um, but yeah, so there, there you go. That's that's the first four tracks, like I said, and uh, it's got that cool '70s rock vibe and. 
Um, I'm going to end the podcast with one more song, which is the closing track, the title track, Lonely Northern California Nights is the name of this song. It's about six minutes long. And I have to say, it is probably in my top three of uh, songs that I've ever written or recorded. Um, Even the vocal performance. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure any of you guys out there could listen to it and pick it apart. Uh, Because I I ain't no Jack Johnson or Luther Vandross or uh, who else is a great singer? Justin Timberlake. I mean, I'm not a pop singer. I'm not an American Idol guy. I'm, in many senses of the word, I'm uh, a phrase. I'm a punk rock guy, meaning that I do everything DIY and uh, I don't need to follow uh, certain things. I've... I've definitely played with some people and recorded some people that uh, are mostly influenced by mainstream music and pop music. And uh, there's a whole nother realm out there. And uh, I like some stuff that's a little abrasive. I like some stuff that's a little uh, 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 unique to the individual that's performing. So I've taken that road and that's that's what I'm doing. And um. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, uh, if anything, all this recording and this music has just solidified my drive to continue doing it, whether I'm, uh, working 60 hours a week or have a kid or, um, I'm busy all the time. I, I can't stop doing this 30 years into being alive on this earth. So, uh, Closing it out, uh, follow me at Stephen M. J. Gedney on Instagram and Twitter. You can download the album right now for free at ruralsuburban.bandcamp.com. And uh, if you don't have that, uh, you can go to SoundCloud too, soundcloud.com slash ruralsuburban. All the songs are on that too. Uh, listen to them, rate them, hit me up. Uh, I'd like to know what you think. Um, and yeah, so... Uh, track six or track five, not track. There is no track six. It's a hidden song. Uh, track five is called Lonely Northern California Nights. And when I hear this song, I hear the Eagles. I hear mostly the Eagles, little Neil Young, a little bit of Van Morrison, um, Jackson Brown, all that cool 70s singer songwriter with a little bit of a country tinge in there. There's some slide guitar in there as well. Um, some organ and um, my buddy JP Justin Pertzer he played bass on it Uh, it's a very simple song with some slow guitar chords I constructed the beat to be very simple as well and he went in there and created his own bass lines and uh, just added a little bit more funk and a little more uniqueness to the overall track and uh, like I said, I'm very proud of it. And uh, here it is. So up until next week, thanks again. Have a good one. Enjoy the song. Peace out.
take a lot of pills and wash them down with lots of stuff that will keep you up. Trouble seems to catch me